Now, before we get started, I wanna, I'm excited because back in December, I had this, uh, um, what is the word called? Like, not, I don't want to call it an idea, but this thing that just dropped into me. And I started thinking about fishers of men. They got it up there already. Okay, they were talking about fishers of men. And God was really showing me through Scripture. He was reminding me about the teachings in the Word when Jesus first called his disciples. Now, if you would go into scripture, which we will in a little bit, you'll see that Jesus encounters two sets of brothers off the bat, right when his earthly uh, ministry starts. He encounters two brothers, and they're all fishermen. And he tells them, hey, hey, I'm going to go one up on that one, and we're gonna be, I'm going to teach you how to be fishers of men. But before we get into that scripture, let me, let me illustrate some things to you guys, okay? Now, we know that Jesus came uh, to this world through a virgin birth. And there was this journey of life that he had to go through. By the way, God coming from heaven, it, Jesus is God in the flesh, okay? He saw the hurt that was here, and so we needed that Savior, and he came down. And the reason why he came through a virgin birth was to show the world who he was. Now, over time, Jesus grows up, and you can see it through the, through the New Testament and the prophecies in the Old Testament. But Jesus gets water baptized. Okay, and Jesus gets ready for his earthly ministry. And, this, and the, the Bible says that the heavens opened up and like a dove, the spirit came upon Jesus while he was getting water baptized. And the scriptures say that God said, this is my son who I am well pleased. Listen to him. Listen to him. And so now we see that, that Jesus is the chosen one and John the Baptist knew it the whole time. But not only that, as soon as he gets water baptized, by the way, when we get water baptized, we celebrate with cupcakes, he goes into a fast. He goes straight into the wilderness. You guys want to try that one time? No, okay. No. <laughs> he goes straight into a fast for 40 days. And through that journey in the book of Mar or Matthew, you'll see where Jesus encounters Satan himself. And Satan tempts Jesus three different ways. And in that passage, you'll see where Jesus counters back with the word of God. It is written. It is written. It is written. He went back to truth when the enemy was giving him lies. And not only that, he comes out of the, of the wilderness defeating the devil at that moment, moving forward. And the first thing he does, now he's filled with his Father's Spirit. He is the Lord. He's going into his earthly ministry. And the first thing that happens to Jesus, actually, the first thing he heard was that John was arrested. By the way, if you don't know this, I'm going to encourage you to study, study Matthew. You'll see that John is Jesus' cousin. John the Baptist is Jesus' cousin. But John had a purpose here on earth. He was laying a foundation. He was creating a path for the one to come. And so John had a mission. John was already sold out before the world knew it was Jesus. And it says John was arrested, which ultimately, when you go through the entire passage with the whole chapter or the whole book, actually, you'll see that John, it led to John's death on earth, okay, not eternally, but on earth, and he was beheaded. Now, imagine, I know we've gotten some horrible news you know, with family members when they go through some stuff or even deaths from the family or they're going through a certain uh, situation. But imagine that feeling that Jesus might have felt. Because remember, he was also 100% man. He was going through what we go through here on earth. Of hearing the news, the moment he comes out 
he shut the devil up and comes out, is ready to do his thing. And they say, hey, John, John's arrested. John's arrested. Now, we're going to go to Matthew, and this is more of our, of our anchor scripture. But we're going to go to Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. And it says this, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, called Peter, and, or Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. I'm going to pause right there because I think I went a little bit ahead. But let me, let me remind you guys real quick that Jesus, even getting the news, he went to the Sea of Galilee to pursue his God or to pursue his disciples. But the scripture says that he took some time away. He went away into Galilee to pursue. So even though he got that news, imagine that news that he got. Imagine the news you got, that feeling he got. He still went along with God to pursue his disciples. Now we'll start on Matthew 4. And Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me and I will make you. Everyone say make you. I will make you fishers of men. And they immediately left their nets and followed him. Verse 21, going on from there, he saw two brothers, two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. In other translations, it says they were making their nets ready. Okay, when I looked up that word mending, when I was looking at some definition, it's making something that's broken whole again. So what I envision, I envision these nets that have been so used up, they're already kind of ripping. And what they're doing is they're mending these nets back together because they're going to cast it back into the water because they were fishermen. Everyone got the image already? And it says he, they were mending their nets. Then he, Jesus, called them. Now, it doesn't say this, but I'm pretty sure Jesus said, hey, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Everyone say, make you. Make you. That's key today, okay? I will make you fishers of men. And immediately, okay, the first set of brothers did the immediately part. Now, these guys, immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And followed him. Now, let's go back to Jesus for a second, okay? Jesus going through the probably some emotional things, hearing about John, went to the father, secluded himself, probably to talk to him about it. And then remember, I am still here for what I need to do with my disciples. And was able to go to Galilee to do his thing. Now these disciples, these are uh, not disciples yet, but these uh, sets of brothers, they're casting their nets, they're mending their nets. If you think about it, I don't know if you guys are fishermen or have ever gone fishing, but if you're casting something or if you're getting something ready to cast it, it's probably the beginning of, of, of getting ready to catch some fish. And in the beginning of that, God, Jesus comes and says, hey, stop what you're doing, come follow me. To the point where two sets of brothers left their daddy on a boat. Think about it. He, they left the father to follow this guy, Jesus. And in my, my head, I see a natural father and a heavenly father. And they've realized the importance of I love, probably, I love my daddy, but I love my heavenly father even more because of all that he's given to me. Now, I'm not a fisherman. I'm going to be honest with you. I think the closest I've ever gotten to was um, as a kid, there was a creek like a block away from my house. And there was these little, I think they're called guppies. And I would take a stick, some string, a safety pin, and baloney. I'm not joking. And baloney. And I casted that reel out there. 
and I've caught some guppies. It was just a fun time. So that's the closest I've come to being a fisherman, okay? But I have a buddy here. His name is Bruce. <laughs> woo -woo. You'll know why in a second she did that. Okay, I have a buddy. His name is Bruce. He's here right now. And uh, he invited me. Actually, he invited me like years ago. And I'm like, oh, I'll get there. I'll get there. Just never got the opportunity to do so. But last summer, I was able to go fishing with him. Now, this guy, he's about fishing, okay? Because when I saw his boat and I saw all his fishing poles and everything, I was like, man, that's a lot. That's probably a lot of money right there. And we were just talking even this morning. He was telling me even the night before going out there, I was preparing my poles. In other words, the way the disciples were mending and getting ready to cast it, Bruce was getting ready for the next morning. By the way, it was like 4.30 in the morning. I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> but I said yes to him. And the Bible says, let your yeses be yeses and your noes be noes. I committed to him. And I was excited, but when I woke up, I wasn't excited. <laughs> And then I went through McDonald's drive-thru and I got excited again. So <laughs> we, ended up going to, um, we ended up going out to Lake Michigan. We went to Fenville. There was a, a launch, the launch pad. Fenville, right? Fenville. Saugatuck. Thank you. Saugatuck. I need his help a little bit. And uh, we ended up launching there. And we drove about five miles out to Lake Michigan. Okay, five miles. And the journey itself, we're, we're, we're riding in the dark. Like it's pitch black. And then all these fishes start jumping in the air. And I, I guess it's a rare thing that happened, but I experienced it. And I was like, man, what's going on? To the point where these fishes could have jumped in the boat. But we ended up going through the channel, and we ended up getting to the lake. And then we drove five miles, or they drove five miles out. Okay? Now, at this point, the sun is rising. We're like probably the first boat out there. Maybe there's others. I just didn't see them. But we're the first boats out there. Then we stop. Did we anchor or we just stop? Just stopped, okay. And then another, another buddy came out, and he started just getting the reels ready. He's telling me, do this, do that, do this. And I'm looking, I'm like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> do I have to touch that worm, like, or whatever it is? <laughs> He's like, they're not worms. They're actually, I don't even, I'm sorry, Bruce. I'm, like, totally butchering what it is. But <laughs> to me, I was like, oh, I have to touch it, okay. And, but it was really not that bad. And um, he ends up doing a lot for us and prepares. There was a lot. The reason why I'm saying this is there was a lot, a lot of preparation that he had to go through that I had to witness for us to cast our first reel out. And he even told me even the night before they were prepping. So imagine the disciples mending their nets and getting ready to cast it. The preparation they had to go through and Jesus interrupts them and says, hey, stop what you're doing. Come follow me. And then, I mean, you, uh, let's be honest, if I probably were there, I'm like, dude, I just, I, I worked on this thing for like three, four hours, and you want me to just drop it and go? That's me, okay? That's not them, that's me. But they did. There was a lot of preparation to go through it. But we casted that thing, and we sat for four hours, and not a single bite, not a single bite. I was getting nauseous, and then Bruce being the funny guy, he starts telling me these disgusting stories to try to make me, you know, over the boat. <laughs> didn't work. <laughs> Got close, but didn't work. But it was hot. We were out there in the sun and waiting patiently. I was a little impatient, but they were patient. And then, everyone say, and then. And then this happened. Check this out, guys. That happened. I don't know if you can see it. That's the king salmon, baby. I reeled that thing in. 
That's the king salmon, right, king salmon? Yes, thank you, okay. Again, I am not a fisherman. All right, and I, was, I had the opportunity when I saw it. I mean, there were some bites left and right. We had a, another fish that they were able to pull in. But that one right there, I fought. I said, yeah. And I reeled that. I'm doing it backwards probably. Okay, I'm reeling that thing in. And it took about five minutes, a good five minutes just to, and then like when they get closer, you're just like, you know, you're putting the muscles in there. And you're like, I got it. Don't touch me. I got it, you know. <laughs> I didn't do that. But it just, you're just pulling, you're reeling it in. And then it comes out and another friend just came and grabbed the net and pulled it out. And there it is. Bruce is like, you got to take a picture of it. And I'm like, all right. And I just snapped. If you can see, I'm a little disgusted right now. Like I've never touched a fish before. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I got one finger, and I'm holding back, and I'm just doing this type of deal. <laughs> but it was a fun experience, and the result was all worth it. It was, for one fish, it was so worth it. And I went back home, and, and he did his thing with cleaning the fish, and he gave it to me. Because I was like, you know what, it's, it's your boat, it's your, and he's like, no, I do this a lot. He's like, it's yours. And so he filleted it, is that correct? Filleted it for me, got it prepared. And then I went home. I said, Marty, look what I did. <laughs> no, I said, look, look, look what we got. And she's like, oh, my goodness. And within, an, within the hour, it was in my belly already. It was so good. It was so fresh. We're going out again. And that's why my wife was saying, woohoo. And she's probably, since then till now, she's probably reminded me five times, you're going out with Bruce again? Just saying, and it's got to be Bruce. I'm like, yes, I will go. But again, the reason why I share that story is because of the result at the end. And these men who, who in the natural are, and, and their ability is they're fishermen, Jesus stops them and says, hey, come follow me, okay, because that's the first step, and I will make you, everyone say make you, I will make you fishers of men. Okay, you get excited for that, watch heaven get excited for one person when you fish for men. And so you have to understand that this, this fishing trip that uh, I went on last summer really taught me a lot because, again, I didn't grow up uh, with going fishing and going hunting. I've, I've desired it, but I just never had that, that influence in my life. And today I am. I mean, I have another buddy that's going to take me out hunting next year. And it's pretty cool. But, but here's the thing. I've never grew up. In that type of atmosphere. So when I went out there for one of the first times of my life, really fishing, the experience of having that, the excitement I had was just amazing. And it reminded me of that scripture, that passage that Jesus says, I will make you fishers of men. I will show you what I'm able to do. Again, I'm not an expert. And you guys already know that. I'm not an expert at fishing. But... I can tell you this for sure. There is a lot of prep, there's a lot of preparing that goes on with fishing. There's a lot of game planning. I mean, you should have heard the guys, they're talking of what they're going to do and how they're going to do it, where they're going to set, when they catch it, where they're going to put it, the whole deal. There was game planning happening, and there was a lot of positioning of where they were at. I mean, boats started radioing kind of each other, saying, hey, you know, I, I guess there's a certain color you use and, and what you need to cast out. Like, it was game planning and positioning that these guys were doing, and honestly, a lot of territory claiming. Like, this is my I know one thing that they kept saying is we don't want to cross lines, because if we cross lines, it's not, not going to be a good day. And so they did everything to kind of just take their, their area. And Jesus, in a sense, did the same thing. 
Jesus interrupted the game plan of these disciples as they're getting ready. These brothers, he interrupted it so they can simply just follow him. Now, look at your life for a second, because I'm going to share something with you. Jesus wants to interrupt your game plan right now. He wants to interrupt your game plan of whatever it is that you do or who you are so he can be intervening into it and simply have you follow him. And when you see the heart of Jesus doing it with these guys, you'll see the reason why he does it is because he has a plan for those guys. Not only are they fishermen, but I'll make you fishers of men. And it's the same thing with you guys. He wants to interrupt your game plan that you've created for his plan. So it could be more eternal impacting because in Jeremiah 29, 11, the, the Lord declares to prosper you, not to harm you. We've heard this before. To give you hope, to give you a future for your life. So the interrupting of Jesus in your life is to benefit you and to, benef- to benefit those around you. Again, naturally, you guys, myself as well, we naturally might have a skill and ability to do something. But what Jesus is saying here is the difference between your ability and me calling you to follow me to be like fishers of men is that I want to put an anointing on you. I want to anoint you. I I have chosen you. In other words, I want to equip you to do what you're doing here on earth wherever you are at. Because let me tell you something, when we just follow the natural, our natural ability and our natural skill, maybe we're fulfilled and satisfied for one day. That fish that I caught satisfied me for one day. But Jesus says, I want to make you fishers of men, and I want you to be satisfied for eternity, forevermore, because there is so much more for you. Hebrews 13, 20, and 21 says this. Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, I love that part, that great shepherd of the sheep, Through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete. There it is again. Make you complete. Other translation says he will equip you, okay? He will make you complete or he will equip you in every good work to do his will. In every good work to do his will. What work are you doing right now that he wants to anoint you on? wherever you're at, for his will in your life. Working in you, uh, let's start all over, equip you in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Again, you see where it says he will make you complete. Jesus told the disciples, I will make you complete fishers of men. When Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men, he was saying this, I will make you complete and equip you. I will make you rise to every occasion. I will make you stand firm in the evil days. I will make you victors in this life and forever. I will make you strong and courageous. I will make you my child forever. We have to understand when we come to Christ, when we follow him, not just simply saying, yes, I want Jesus, but now make the decision to drop the nets that we were mending, to drop what we were casting, and to simply follow him. We have chosen him to anoint us to go be fishers of men now in what we do. 
We have been chosen. And the only way we become, and this is the main point of the whole message, the only way we become fishers of men is by allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us through that and to give us the ability. You see, when you look in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21, it says, Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. Now listen to the next part. He anointed us. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Who's ever rented an apartment before? Or or rented something and you had to put a deposit down, right? And what is that deposit saying? It's mine. And if someone comes with an offer they can't because you put a deposit, it's guaranteed yours. Okay? It is guaranteed it is yours. I remember uh, when we first moved back from Tulsa into Holland, uh, we were coming back from Bible school. We just needed a place for a couple of years. We rented an apartment. We we lived at uh, Clearview Apartments. And the first thing they had said is we need a $200 deposit down for you to um, secure this. And so we did. And it took us about a week or two to finally get into it. But in that process, I knew there were people that were looking to get in. But my deposit guaranteed that I, that that apartment was Marty and I's and, and Joshua at the time, my son. It was ours because of that guaranteed deposit I had. Let me tell you something. The moment you follow him and the moment he says, I will make you fishers of men, what God does is he places his spirit in you and says, I have put my deposit on you. And I'm saying you are guaranteed now a citizen of heaven. And I guarantee you that I'm going to operate through you. Because of the Holy Spirit. You become fishers of men when you allow the Holy Spirit to take control of it. And instruct you and equip you in what you need to do. You see, when you look in the Old Testament, you'll see that uh, they, what they did is they, they anointed the head and the body uh, with oil. That was a common practice that they did. Choosing the person, whether it was a priest, maybe a king, they would anoint him with oil or their body with oil, representing that they have been chosen. They're anointed to do what they need to do now. Okay, that was Old Testament. But here in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, in Jesus Christ, we are anointed by his Holy Spirit. And here's the thing, this is not being taught as much as it should be, because it is the Holy Spirit that makes us operate this earth, in this earth. You know, Pastor Danny and I were talking about a year ago, and I remember this because it really uh, resonated in my heart. He had said so many times people will tell me, man, it's hard just being a Christian and living for God. It's hard. And I love what Pastor Danny said because I was like, yeah, that's, that's true. And Pastor Danny goes, no, 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 it's not hard. It's impossible. It's impossible to live for God. That's why he sent the Spirit. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit because now it is possible through his name, Jesus Christ. Now it is possible with the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit. The way we operate, the way we're supposed to be moving, the way we become fishers of men is by operating by his spirit. He he will make you fishers of men. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to train for it. He makes you fishers of men the moment the spirit's in you. So when those times where you feel like, I, I can't do it, guess what? You can do it. Those times you're like, I, maybe I'll, I'll talk to Pastor Jesse about it. Maybe he can. No, no, I, I'll do it because he lives in me, but you will do it as well. You will do it as well. I mean, one of my biggest, biggest testimonies 
in my life, and I got a few people in here that can testify to it, but one of my biggest testimonies I have is when I worked at Gentex for four and a half years. I needed a job. I needed to support my family, and I got into Gentex, and I, I was a machine operator, and so I won't get into the details of that part, but I worked there for a while. Coming out of school, I was ready to go, and I wanted to get people saved. Like, that was my mission because I knew I was made to be a fisher, a fishers of men. But here's the thing. When you get into the workforce, you have to work, people. I'm just saying that. Don't ever stop saying, well, the Lord is you know, telling me to. No, no, keep working. You're getting paid for that. Okay? But God, through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, will lead you how to do it. And I relied on that. But I'm going to be honest with you. For about a few months, I idled for a while. I was in a neutral position. I didn't know what to do. Because what I was thinking was I had to do it myself. I was trying to be a fisherman. And remember, I'm not good at being a fisherman. <laughs> and I remember one time, you could see the entire department. I remember one time, I was walking around and I could see all the people. I didn't even know them yet. And I heard the Spirit say this loud and clear. He says, I have put a pond before you full of fish. Go cast a reel. Go throw your net out. Because they're waiting. They need me. And at that moment, I realized I need you. <laughs> I need you, God. You know, those atmospheres are really not the best atmospheres to be in. But we were called to be in it. Look, I'm going I'm to pause my story for a second. If you're in a factory right now, or if you're in an office, or you're in some type of work field, and you want to get out because it's just so like, oh, they just talk, and they do this, and they do that, I'm going to encourage you, don't. Because you're the only light. You leave, it's completely black. It is now hopeless. But with you there, and now knowing I have to operate according to the Spirit and not my power, <laughs> watch him do the rest. Cast your reel, people. Cast your net. And watch God do his part. Going back to the story. Okay, so the Lord spoke to me at that moment. And I said, okay but I need to be led by you. And I knew I could operate with the Holy Spirit. What I felt like was impossible, he says, is possible. So I did. And before you know it, I met a, they connected me with the guy. He's, he, he's your trainer now. I said, okay, all right. And so he's training me. And one thing led to another, to another, to another, just conversation, relationship. And before you knew it, this man comes to Christ. On the line, he accepts Christ. And his family's here today. Then later on, there's this lady comes. And I get to know her for a little bit. And she has some questions. And my wife talks to her for a little bit. She comes over, for, I think, for lunch or something like that. And my wife has an opportunity to talk. And it was up in the air. But we just kept casting the reel. We kept saying, we're not fishermen. It's not our power. We're fishers of men. It is his power that we're going to do. And we prayed. And we got ready for what God was going to do. And she accepts Christ. And she's here today. I want to call you guys' name out. Hedda, where are you at? Oh, he walked out. He knew. He knew. I have to use the bathroom now. And Chan, I think it's amazing. And they're here today with their families, serving God. Don't get mad at me because I called your name out. But that's the living testimony of being fishers of men. And guess what? They're now fishers of men. And they realize I have to operate according to the word of God and through his spirit. Look, when the Holy Spirit 
when you allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life, you are anointed. You need to know that, to be fishers of men. In other words, sometimes that word can be so big and we don't quite understand, like, what, okay, anointed, what does it really mean? Let me simplify it, okay? You are chosen to be an influence in people's lives. You are chosen to be led by God's spirit. You are chosen to show people you're not, you're not ashamed of Jesus. I love Jesus. And yeah, I have flaws in my life, but I'm also forgiven. And he's teaching me through all that. You have influence in your life. Don't idle. Don't be in neutral. Put it in drive. And let the spirit take over in your life. We will continue this series as the days go on, or as the weeks go on. Because I want people to understand that they have to take off their shoulders. It's all about what I do. Because it's not. It's about all he did and what we're going to do to show that. You see, every Sunday I come up here and I battle. I battle. God, should I come up here? You know, what do I do? How do I say this? And God's saying, hey, I've already equipped you to give you what you needed. And when I come up here, by the way, I have notes. But a lot of times you'll see where God directs me somewhere else. Because he wants me to do it that way. I have to operate according to the spirit. And it doesn't take a microphone. And it doesn't take a platform. And it doesn't take a pulpit. And it doesn't take notes to do that. It doesn't. You see, I, I, am, I am a pastor by vocation. But I am a child of God first. I am a pastor by vocation. But I am a husband first. I'm a child, I'm a, I'm a pastor by vocation, but I'm a father first. And most importantly, even though I have a, a title called pastor, I am his first. And so being a pastor is a piece of what I do. My true identity is in Jesus Christ, and I'm a man that loves Jesus. That's it. You are men and women in this place that could be the same. Whether you're in the workforce, whether you're a stay-at-home mother or father, whether you're in factories or in offices, maybe you're serving in the military, maybe you're volunteering somewhere, you are a child of God. You have the Holy Spirit. You are guaranteed. You are guaranteed by Him. But again, let's open the hearts of the windows and our hearts and allow the breath of God to come in. Watch you be active. You know, when you look at Genesis, Adam was there. And he was made, okay? But the only way he became active and alive is by the breath of God coming into his nostrils, blowing into his nostrils. And life came. When we say yes to Jesus and we drop the nets and we follow, guess what he's doing? Guess what the breath of life is in your life? The Holy Spirit. He blows into your heart and you're alive. Put the ball in your court now. Let's go ahead and close our eyes and bow our head. Father, Lord, your word we know never turns void. Father, your word tells us it is alive and it is active today. Lord, your word tells us that we can become your children the moment we come to Christ. So Holy Spirit, I want everyone to say this. Holy Spirit, speak to me now. What are you saying in my life? Now let's be quiet for 10 seconds.
Romans 10, 9 and 10 says this. When you believe that, when you believe in your heart that Christ has risen from the dead and get his Lord and Savior of your life and you confess with your mouth, you will be saved. You will come back to him with arms wide open. And that's what I wanna give you guys today, an opportunity. An opportunity to accept him. Now, if you've already accepted him, church, let me encourage you. You are alive and active through him. Your next step is to get plugged in with us. Get plugged in where God leads you. But for those that have not made that decision, this opportunity is for you. You simply just pray, Lord, I need you. And I will lead you in that. If that's you and you know you need that opportunity, you know you want it to come home and be, be that guaranteed deposit of a citizen in heaven, on the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand up. One, I need Jesus. Two, I want Jesus. Three, shoot your hand up. Yes, God bless you and God bless you and God bless you. God bless you. You know this invitation is for you. Now, maybe you haven't been living right. You, you do this. You've done this. But genuinely, the windows are still closed. And it's time to reopen that window and let a cleansing come through. On the count of three, shoot your hand up. One, two, three. Oh, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. And that's called recommitting, coming back. You know, the scripture shows us through the prodigal son. A son who's made a poor choice of taking his inheritance from his dad who was still alive and leaving and going his way. Messing up, losing it all, but coming back to at least work for dad so he can make some money. And the story tells us that when he comes back, the father pursued him, wrapped his arms around him, put a robe over him, put a ring on him, and told his servants, Slaughter the biggest calf you have. We're going to party that. My son's here tonight. And he came back. And that is a picture of us coming back to the father. You see, when he clothed them with the robe and he put a ring on his finger, when we come to God, he clothes us with his righteousness. And he puts a ring of authority on us, saying, my son is back. My daughter's back. So on any of those invites, we'll give it 10 more seconds. Shoot your hand up right now. I want Jesus. God bless you guys. We're going to do this as a church family. We had some people raise their hands. Church, let's put our hand over our heart. Let's usher these guys into the family of God right now. Repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for coming in my heart and cleansing me. Lord, I receive your breath of life. I receive your Holy Spirit. Come into my heart. Make a home in me. Forgive me of all my sins, all my trespasses. And by my faith, I know I am made whole. I am made complete. And now I am made to be fishers of men. In Jesus' name we pray.